In today's episode of Hacking Autism, I sit down with my mentor and we discuss the evolution of our relationship and at the core of it, what it means to flip the script on your autism. At face value, we're all very familiar with the diagnoses and common symptoms that come with an autism diagnosis, but the two of us dialogue through what it means to see autism as your unfair advantage. You yes. know where my wine is. Yes, I, 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 I've been eyeing it for 15 years. Probably at different levels. Okay. What do you mean? I just I mean thinking. at different heights? Yeah. Actual different <laughs> heights. Today I'm joined by Deb Jordan, my mentor and dear friend of over 14 years. And she's a really, really special guest to have on the podcast today because she helped to lay the foundation for what would become this podcast and ultimately help transform my life. So welcome, Deb. Hi, Kels. So uh, we're going to dive right in. I want to ask you a couple of questions to bring our audience up to speed um, when it comes to how our relationship evolved over time. I've already spoken in a previous episode about establishing who your safe people are. Who can those trusted friends be when you're trying to build out your filter or understand what's appropriate or how to... Um, how to navigate social situations, you were ultimately that safe person. So um, with that, I'm going to kind of go back to the genesis of our story and walk uh, our listeners through that. So with that, what was your first personal experience with someone on the autism spectrum? I know it wasn't me. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly. Um, I know Kelsey. I met Kelsey through uh, church involvement. I worked with the youth group. And probably a couple years before she came into the youth group, there were two young men that, uh, of different ages, but only, a, again, a couple years apart, um, that had, that were very distinct. And autism wasn't um, a highly talked about uh, diagnosis at the time. And so you didn't understand what was going on with them. One was um, completely caught into sci-fi and space adventures, and he could not handle touch. Social social interaction was very hard for him, and he'd be really happy if you paid attention to him, but he would also be very angry if you didn't pay attention sure. to him. And so it was kind of a mandatory thing that you had to be careful not to touch him, not to say something wrong, but you had to um, make yourself seen by him and then talk to him. Um, he, I didn't stay in contact with him very much after he left the church. And my understanding at this point is that he is on a farm and doing pretty well, and he's in his 30s at this point in time. Um, the second young man that I knew um, was a, a recluse. He didn't want to talk to anybody. He was didn't want to be touched, but he wanted to be present. Sure. And but he was quite capable. Mm -hmm. And so, how would you define capable uh, from your perspective? Well, he has so far held a job at Home Depot for over ten years. Awesome. So, 
And do you think that you interacted with those two individuals differently than your peers that were serving in youth group? Do you think that like you were attracted to this person's mind or um, these people, their mind works differently and therefore you were kind of interested? Or do you think it was, that, you know, everyone acted the same way as you did and you were no different? I don't think I was especially different. I was trying to understand. Sure. And I wanted to be part of their lives. Um, and, and they both still know who I am and think about mm -hmm. me and, and are happy when they see me. So that's, um, a pleasant reality, but no, I wouldn't say that I sought them out because of their differences. How would you explain the, the crossing of our paths or first impressions of, I mean, our relationship getting, um, off from the ground? Oh. Well, Kelsey is a very persistent individual. As if you've been listening to any of these, you would know. And um, she was coming up from the junior high group into the senior high group. And still as a junior high, I was senior high, still as a junior high kid, she had come up to me and she had pointed her finger in my face and said, I get you next year. <laughs> I'm so happy about this. <laughs> Well, you were a legend. I'm just going to say it. You won't say it about yourself, but no. you were a big deal. And even my cousin was jealous that I got had to, I was able to have Deb Jordan as my youth leader. So we have to see that God's hand is behind this. And there was some destiny involved in, in what happened with us. Sure. Um, Kelsey had a, a difficult freshman year. And some of the things that we had hoped to accomplish in the first year, um, didn't actually happen. Uh, just because she was working through school stuff, she had a new school, the parents were trying to work back and forth with how to make everything function. Also a new diagnosis. I was diagnosed as freshman or sophomore in high school uh, with Asperger's. Right. Now. I think that I think you were a sophomore, mm -hmm. as I recall. And so I was this crazy, hyperactive kid. And I was diagnosed initially with ADHD um, and ADD when they used to be separate. Thank you, DSM. <laughs> um, and previously Asperger's, which is now Autism Spectrum. Um, and so, but I'm curious if you would help the audience key in on, um, you had a number of youth that were you were responsible for or mm -hmm. that you mentored. What do you think was different about our relationship? We're still hanging out 14 years later. We've walked thousands of miles through your neighborhood. True. Um, over the course of a decade and a half, what do you think is different? Um, many of those girls I still do talk to. Um, but Kelsey, Kelsey wants the most that she can get out of life. And she saw, uh, on the long run, I would hold our relationship uh, staying together that long as her, her doing. Um, not that I wouldn't have pursued her and made sure. I just sure. stalked you. You yeah. had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but our, uh, initially we would just start walking and talking about things because Kelsey was so different from the other girls. I couldn't deal with her in the mix of them. <laughs> and so in the walking, we were able to go through little behavioral things that she was doing that I'm like, Kelsey, why are you doing this? And for whatever reason, she would listen to me 
and try to conform to what I would suggest. And she could get along with the girls better as we were doing that. And over the years, um, I think she got along better with everybody over the years um, as that My continued. husband was in that youth group, and we did not get along. And in a previous episode, we discussed this, how he was not a fan of mine because I said all these inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. And through you know, four years initially of unofficial behavior training of like, Kelsey, did you mean to say that? Kelsey, why do you keep talking about labels and car automobile models? Kelsey, do you know that that doesn't actually matter in the scheme of things? Uh, Which that brings me to my next question. When it came to this idea of teaching me about flipping the script, seeing autism, Asperger's, all the negative, you know, the 10 core attributes found in the DSM that basically make us sound like assholes. Um, how did you, how did that unfold uh, between the two of us? And also, how did you see value in all of those traits? Kelsey, you are amazingly brilliant. And in all your um, schizophrenic behaviors, people weren't able to see it. And <laughs> also, even in, in a school academic situation, because you couldn't conform to what they expected. Okay. Because you couldn't conform to what they expected. <laughs> um, they... They couldn't grade you properly. They couldn't see the whole thing. And even if they could, you weren't capable of fulfilling all their requirements. And so they didn't know what they were letting go through their hands. Um, It wasn't hard to see who you were, what you were capable of, and how to encourage you in it. And I believe that the Asperger's for you was, I believe, for everybody, these these difficulties that we're given, these struggles that are part of being a human being, and everybody has a different one, mm-hmm. they are gifts from God that allow us not to not to function in this negative woes me mentality, but in a way that's unique for each person and allows them to do the job that God has planned for them. And it wasn't hard to bring Kelsey to that understanding, especially when she started going to college. Then we could have much, she had a much better capability of understanding that dialogue and recognizing how that impacts her peers at college, her family, and things started blossoming in college. And so when you became familiar with the, you know, the common attributes associated with autism, Asperger's, did you in right away see them as positive attributes or was it as you were working with me and I was really down and out kind of viewing myself as a broken toy or a broken person because I had this label slapped on my forehead and I, Oh, I'm autistic. What, um, what was your perspective or like, how did that, like the flip of the script come about? When we first met, you weren't diagnosed with any form of autism you were just quirky, quirky, <laughs> hyperactive, <laughs> incapable of focusing. And I could see why they would say ADD, but it, whatever. When you came back with the diagnosis mm-hmm. of Asperger's, it didn't fit what I had experienced before. Sure. And though the touching part, like you had a hard time touch with a touch. Do not touch my neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And 
Yeah, I just remember being kicked a lot. <laughs> um, unfortunately, back. I also remember having half full bottles of soda, 20-ounce bottles of soda, and I would just whack people on the shoulders, yeah. almost as like a greeting, as a salutation. Right, and now, nobody understood that. Well, and as a, as a professional now, you would have a lawsuit. You'd have HR <laughs> up your butt about that. <laughs> so where does the, the script flip? When you got the diagnosis of Asperger's, I kind of rejected it a bit because it just didn't fit my scope of what I understood. Because you were showing such a different uh, expression of it, which that's to your credit, Kelsey. And that's what you're trying to communicate, that people can do this. And I think I rolled with the punch, um, recognizing that this is what was going on. The literal punch in this case. Yeah. I, recognizing what was happening here and understanding that there was uh, unique material sure. in Kels. It was, okay, we've worked through some of the behavioral stuff. She has a long way to go with this, but we'll keep doing this and and add pieces, continue with the behavior. That's what we really did was continue with behavioral discussions and training and and what society expects, and you wanted, you wanted to comply, but you also wanted to be you. And so it was really important for me to make sure that I didn't tell you not to be you. Sure. To embrace the snowflake, but not kick people. To <laughs> yeah. get rid of those 20-ounce bottles. Yeah. Well, I ultimately eventually did. For those that are listening on their commute or their workout, on their way to school, doing their homework, what would your advice be to someone that might not have that go-to person outside of their family or they view their autism as a curse, that it is you know, this great hardship, it's this great difficulty? What would, what would you say to them in that place? Well, I would start with I'm really proud of you because... You don't see this as just something that wasn't um, was an advantage for you, but that you want to share it, that you want to bring it out to other people. So that's cool. I'm I'm an individual person who just tries to love people, love the person in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the privilege that I've had working with the youth and and mentoring people is that I have lovely long-term friendships because we've walked a long way literally literally <laughs> at one point kelsey had some miles figured out i didn't remember. i think we have crossed east to west the united states i think four times <laughs> well in, there you go that's her asperger's <laughs> in our mile count because hashtag free time i've also <laughs> learned amazing things from kelsey about art and about economics and about china Oh, so many China stories. Yes, so many. Calling you up from China with tears in my eyes. I can't do this, Dad. I'm not talking about any of of those things. But um, So what what would that advice be to someone that's saying, you know what, I don't buy it. I don't buy this. This is a bunch of garbage. I, I got, you know, I lost the genetic lottery. I'm mad that I have autism. I I wish I could be normal like my friends. I think autism has always been here. And I think some of the great people of our time have had autism. Um, And and there's, there's lists out there of people 
who have had it, sure. the who they assume have had it, mm-hmm. based on their characters and their their great men. I think we've lost the ability to let people be who they are. We've tried to conform people all into one standard, and people who don't fit in that standard feel pushed out. So seek help. And there's people out there. I mean, Kelsey and I, that happened. That wasn't something that was triggered or hired or any of those things. So I can't tell you how to find someone to do this. But... Or is there at least a perspective that you would suggest that they try to embrace? Um, I mean, like, let's say that they don't have... Uh, that person yet, but they're you know on the lookout for it, and but they are in that dark place. They think, "Frick, why do I have autism?" Right. Um, because you went with me line by line through all of the negative attributes of you know obsessively focused. Oh, Kelsey, what if you became an expert in economics? Um, you know, lacks a social filter. Okay, Kelsey, you're really genuine. And you know what? I know that if I ask you if I look good in this dress, you're going to tell me the truth. Yeah. Granted, you shouldn't beat people over the head with the truth. Um, I mean, there certainly is some finesse That was part of the behavioral training. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But you went line through line, um, flipping the script of these negative attributes, which I would like to, you know, shake some psychologists that wrote that diagnosis manual however i wrote a new diagnosis list for myself and it took time i argued with deb mile after mile because i just did not buy this bs that it was a good thing that i had autism and it became clear that i had two choices i could either be resentful and angry and feel like a broken toy on the island of misfit toys um (laughs) Shout out to the holiday film. And I identify with that island so much. But I could either sit on that island and be super, super angry and paralyzed and frustrated that that's the way my mind works. Or I could go, what if I became a Sinio American trade policy expert? What if I worked for the Brookings Institute? What if I went into finance? I mean, all these different flavors of... Could I leverage my obsessive focus and yield some incredible benefits from it? Right. And some of the kids that I've known with the Aspergers, they've, you know, they've embraced what they're good at. Um, the one that I said that works at, at Home Depot for ten years, he has brawn. You know, he's he's strong. He's strong. He's a swole guy. Yep. And and he is compliant and respectful. Mm-hmm. And he's done very well for himself. And another one, the one that's on the farm, I mean, he easily could have been a, an artist or uh, uh, write books, mm-hmm. etc., on all his space themes. Um, Kelsey is very intelligent, and the one thing I would not want to tell you is that everybody who has Asperger's or autism is intelligent. That's not necessarily the case. But you have something special. Everybody has something special. So it's a matter of figuring out what is it that exactly. makes you tick 
and can you make a living off of that or yeah. can your living enable what you love and even people without autism have yeah. to figure that well, this out this is true i mean spoiler alert it yeah. applies to all mankind exactly <laughs> but um i stumbled upon this reality or this truth um even this paradigm shift as i was walking through my autism diagnosis and so it started with you know resentfulness and feeling like a broken person with this label okay that's why kelsey's a jerk at thanksgiving and embarrasses her family and then walking through that going down into the valley sitting there for a little bit acknowledging i didn't want to build my house in the bottom of that valley and so i learned how to climb i learned how to get to the top of that mountain and then pivot as needed throughout my career and so I just want to say thank you to you um, for being such an integral part of my life. You are a special gift to me, Kels. My question for you is, what could become your unfair advantage in light of your autism diagnoses? How could you use that, leverage that, either to have a job for the long term working at Home Depot or in my case leveraging that for a career in technology and ask you to reflect on that or discuss that with your friends, family, coworkers, wherever it is those safe people can be found. And lastly, if you have made it this far, I would love for you to connect with me. I'm on Twitter under the handle iHackAutism, all is one word or on Instagram, Hacking Autism Podcast. Let me know you made it this far. And if you had a favorite moment from this episode, would love to hear from you. One last note before you head off today. My conversation with Deb that you just heard was one of the last conversations I had before she passed away. And we did have plenty of notice as she was battling cancer for a number of years. But I bring that up not to make anyone sad or feel bad. I bring that up and I point that out to encourage you to love the people in front of you. Think about who it is that is that ally in your corner today, whether that be a friend, a teacher, a mentor, um, or maybe it's even your parents. Make sure to love the people uh, that are in front of you because we never know how long we're going to have the opportunity to love them. So just a little bit of reflection um, as it's been several months since she passed, since this conversation happened and it's been challenging to uh, listen to this conversation, I would encourage you to think in light of my loss how can you love those in front of you well or maybe better than what you're doing right now? Just something to think about. With that, I'll catch you guys next time and make sure to keep hacking. A paradigm, aren't you? I tell you. Did you see my post? I did. Okay. And I responded that you're my salve. Oh, you did. I saw that. But then I tried to spell check it before I submitted it and it said sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that'll teach me for using $12 words. <laughs>